right? All languages in this place. Well, at least four, okay? We'll get there one day. We'll get there. You still got to learn uh, uh, Arabic, right, TJ? Some of you may think I'm learning Arabic, right? No, check yourself, okay? TJ is going to learn Arabic, all right? Well, we have, uh, we're continuing off our last sermon series, uh, our last sermon message, sorry, and we're continuing the sermon series, uh, The Lord of Nations, right? So if we could get the flyer up there, please. Today, we're going to be talking about a holy nation, right? Last week, we were looking at how God, right, is going to have all the tribes, tongues, languages, people, nations represented at the end before the throne where Jesus is, right? Everyone's going to be there. Every, not everyone that's ever lived, right, but every nation, right? And it doesn't matter what nation it was, there's going to be a representative, right? Someone who was saved by grace looking to Jesus, uh, tongue, tribe, people, and they're going to be there. Now, the thing is, are they still going to be divided? Is there still going to be like, well, you know, like you're going to have this Puerto Rican do worshiping God, and he's going to have his Puerto Rican flag on his on the side, right, like they always do, right? Is that is that how it's going to be? And then you're going to have uh, you're going to have another guy, you know, he's uh, he's a white guy, and he got his American flag draped around his white robe. Is that how it's going to be? No, 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 no. You're going to understand that that even though they were once different nations, now they've come together. They're one nation. They're a holy nation. Everybody say holy nation. Holy nation. Everybody say holy nation. So we're going to see that God has built this through this nation through Jesus. He has built this nation through Jesus. It's a holy nation, and we belong to this holy nation now. So we live like foreigners here. So God built this nation through Jesus. It's a holy nation, and we live like foreigners here. Now, I know you may be like, foreigners, what? Yes, foreigners, aliens, exiles. That is how we're supposed to live here. And we'll get to that. If we can go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. So Peter, does anybody know who Peter is? Anybody know who Peter is? What's up, AJ? Well, who's Peter? That's right. That's right. So, so Peter, he was on the boat when Jesus came walking on the water, and, and he called, right? Well, they, they, they called to him. They said, Lord, is that you? And Peter now gets out of the boat, starts walking on water after Jesus. This is the same guy. He's also the same guy that denied uh, Jesus three times, right? He's also the same guy that Jesus uh, basically restored, and that now he was preaching to 3,000 people in the book of Acts. So this is that guy. And he goes on to say, as you have... Uh, as you come to him, the living stone, everybody say living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like, everybody say living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, and this is in the book of Isaiah. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And then you continue to verse 7, please. Just continue going down. 
Now to you who believe, the stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everybody say cornerstone. Talking about a lot of stones, but we ain't game banging, okay? And a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they are destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And then we'll read 11 in closing. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your uh, your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify glorify God on the day he visits us. Everybody say amen. It's the preaching of the word. We lo- well, that's the reading of the word. You got to read the scripture every day. All right? Every day read the scripture. All right, if we can go back to the first, uh, verse 4, please. So some things that we need to notice is that in the beginning, Peter's talking about how God is doing something. He's making stuff, right? Anybody a handyman in here? I'm going to put my hand down. Uh, we got Kelvin in the back. Lawrence, raise your hand. You're pretty handy. Yeah. We got Oscar. Oscar's pretty handy. There you go. You're representing the Cruz family. There you go. Come on. You're going to be there. You're going to be there. Any woman in the house handy? My wife, right? <laughs> Kirsten, right? Hey, I'm getting there. I got, a tool, I got a tool set for Christmas. I do use. I do use. Just not that much, okay? Not that much. All right? But listen, God is doing something. He's building something here, and he is using not, when he's talking about stones, he's not talking about actual stone like, like this, right? But he's talking about a person, the living stone, which is Jesus. Jesus is the living stone, all right? Now, why would Jesus be the living stone? Why not, why won't he just, why doesn't he just call him like the living house or something? Like Jesus is pretty awesome. Why is he just compared to a stone? We'll get there. Now, he also calls us living stones, Okay? Living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God. Us now, living stones, we are being built into a spiritual house. And what is this spiritual house supposed to be? It's supposed to be a holy priesthood. And here we offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So through Jesus Christ, okay, there's something being built. And you have a lot of imagery happening here. You have houses, you have priesthood, you have nation, you have, um, you have uh, stones, you have all these images here. And I want you to see that in your mind. Don't just like go blank. Visualize it as I explain to you. Think about what is being said. The Bible uses visual language, visual language to help readers because a lot of people couldn't read back then. What they had to do was they had to listen and open their ears. They didn't have an iPad though to, to crack open, you know. Uh, and listen to like, well, I don't know what people watch on their iPad now when they're little, but or like an iPhone. They didn't have they didn't have TikTok back then, right? If you said TikTok back then, they'd probably pick up a rock and stone you. Half kid, half kid. Well, that's funny. I'm sorry, but all right. So continue on, right? We see that what is being built here is being built through Jesus. So understand that this is the nation. God builds this nation through Jesus. Verses 5 through 8, 
we see that there's a stone that is in Zion. Zion is the place that, that God's basically perfect dwelling is, right? Let's just say it like that. God's perfect dwelling. And there's a chosen, a chosen and precious cornerstone. Does anybody know what a cornerstone is? You see, this is a stone, right? But you ever think about like brick buildings? What was the first brick, right? What was the first brick? Now, the first brick is the brick that is laid. That is the cornerstone. That cornerstone now, every stone is made in reference to that stone. You get what I'm saying? So you're not going to have a stone this big after you had a cornerstone this big. You're not, you're not going to make it different sizes and shapes. So every stone is now made referring back to that cornerstone. It's the first one, the one that you refer to. So Jesus is the cornerstone, the precious chosen cornerstone. He's that type of living stone, okay? A lot of talk about stones, but bear with me. And the one who puts his trust in him will not be put to shame. So Jesus is the living stone, that first one, the cornerstone, in which now us, the living stones, are made in reference to. So just like this building is brick, there was a cornerstone that was laid first. Every other stone now to make this building we see is made in reference to that stone. You and I, we are going to be a house, a spiritual house. However, it's not because of anything you've done or anything I've done or your personality, my personality, your gifting, my gifting, your purpose, my purpose. It's simply because Jesus Christ. So we are made now almost like a proto-copy, right? Our proto Jesus is the prototype. Now we're made just to look like him, stamped or carved now to look like this stone. That's the only way this house works. That's the only way this nation is built up. So think about it. We are literally like copies of Jesus. That's what he's saying here. As living stones, we are copies of Jesus. And Jesus was rejected. So Jesus was rejected, okay? So every other maker is looking at the stones, and they pick up Jesus as a stone. and like, I don't want to build my house with this one. Throw it away. Other builder picks it up. I don't want to build my house with this stone. Throw it away. So one person now gets it, right? This is God speaking. Okay, so God sees the ones that the builders rejected. The builders were who? The Pharisees, the religious people that killed Jesus, the hypocrites, the ones who thought they were too good for the Lord on their own standing, right? We talked about people that make a new law, and there's a lot of people like that today. They think they don't need Jesus or that Jesus just isn't enough. But God sees Jesus as precious, and he says, I'm going to build my house with this stone, this stone that was despised, that was rejected, and I'm going to make every stone just like this one. So is there a Christian that can possibly look like anything other than Jesus? Not in God's house. Do you get that? So not in God's house. Not in God's nation. So in God's nation, everyone is either to look like Jesus or they're not a part of it. Well, that's rough. That's rough. Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, every nation has its borders. Every nation has its rules. Every nation has its standards, its code. And the only code in the nation of God is this, live like Jesus. Be made like Jesus. That's it. So we see this, that now that we are God's possession, right, it's because we've chose to believe in him. 
That's how we've been made into God. Well, that's how we've been made into these living stones. We've seen that the stone, we've seen the worth of the stone, that the stone is precious, and that the stone should be put our we should put our faith in him, right? Jesus. What is the reward? We who put our trust in him will never be put to shame. We trust in Jesus will never be put to shame. That means you trust in Jesus. It doesn't matter if you lose your job. It doesn't matter if your life starts to fall apart. It doesn't matter if family members may go or leave. Or Sure, those things matter to a certain extent, but you'll never be put to shame. Your identity isn't in some kind of thing that will crumble and fall. It's in the cornerstone. It's in this building that God is building that no one can tear down. You see, what God is doing, you're either a part of it and you feel great about it, or you're out of it and you don't know what's going on. Do you get what I'm saying? So if you're a Christian you have, and you're not living like Jesus, listen, you're a part of another builder's project. You're a part of another builder's project. So what God is building... We believe in Jesus, the cornerstone. We won't be put to shame. However, those who don't believe in him, it causes people to stumble. It causes people to stumble. If we go down a little bit more, please. The stone the, builder reject, the builders have rejected has become the cornerstone. That's, that, that, that little stone, right? That stone that was crucified and resurrected, that stone that you didn't want to build your life on, that thing that you grew up doing when you were little and you said, I don't want to do it anymore, this thing that you know you keep hearing the gospel, the good news, this thing that keeps bugging at you, causing you to change your life, you keep stumbling over it. You don't want to be a part of what God's doing, so you try to get away from the cornerstone. You end up tripping on it. You see, what Jesus is doing, you can't avoid it. The world can't avoid it. The Western world hasn't been able to avoid it. This is happening. God is doing something. He's building a house, and he's using us. So this is my question to you. Do you look like the precious cornerstone? Do you look like the precious cornerstone in which God is going to build this house, which God is going to build this nation through? Do you look like Jesus? Do you look like Jesus? I'm not asking if you have a beard, you got some nice flowing hair, whatever you picture Jesus to be like. I'm not asking like that. Does your life represent a life that is built by God, that is shaped by Christ, that looks like one that Jesus lived? If not, what you have to do is get in line. Ask the Lord to save you, make you new. Trust in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. We'll We'll get to that again later on. However, right, because this needs to be, because this nation is not a, a, a broken nation. It's not a messed up nation. This nation is holy. Everybody say holy. Everybody say holy. holy. Now, holy doesn't mean all of a sudden, you know, you're wearing a, a, a funny hat. It doesn't just mean that, you, you know, you walk on water and you're super pious, uh, pious or pious, my bad, pious in everything you do. Holy means you're set apart. You're unique. You're not like something else. You're not normal. Not normal. What verse 9 says is this. If we go to verse 9, Peter begins to, to, to encourage his church, and he says this. You are a chosen people. A chosen people. That means that out of a group of people, you were picked out from that group. You were picked out from that culture. You were picked out from that nation. You were picked out from that people. You're not like them anymore. You're chosen. What are you? You're a royal priesthood. Speaks about royalty. Why? Because we belong to the king now. 
It speaks about priesthood. Why? Because you don't have to go to Father Tom to confess your filthy sins and all of a sudden be the same person. You don't have to go through religion, go through the veil, go through church to do all these things just to speak to God. Guess what? You're a priesthood. God is with you. You're a royal priesthood. That means you will rule and reign with Jesus in his nation. Do you understand that? We're not going to just be in heaven with wings flapping around. Like Lawrence is just going to be on the keys flapping around all day. That would be a pretty cool sight to see, but it would be kind of weird at the same time. But here's the thing. It's not like that. We're going to rule and reign. We're actually going to have responsibilities in the new kingdom depending on what you've done here. Now, this holy nation is sacred. It's separate. It's not like the other nations in the world. It's not built upon culture and, and uh, tradition and customs. No, it, it's, it's really built on one thing, and that's the cornerstone. That's the cornerstone. You see, everything about this nation revolves around this event that happened 2,000 years ago. This event that happened on a hill called Calvary or Galatica, which is the, basically the skulls, death, where people were there killed as, as a criminal. This Jewish man from, that was taken, crucified, beaten, and mocked, ridiculed, killed, pierced. He was buried, raised, uh, rose from the grave after three days, ascended into heaven. This event that took place less than a week, this event is the cornerstone of our faith now. This is the cornerstone of this new kingdom, this event right here. So we understand that it's not by culture this new nation is set up. It's not by tradition. It's not by language, tribe, or tongue, or anything that's being represented. It's by Jesus and Jesus alone. So with that being said, we now don't belong to those things anymore. We don't. As a holy nation, we don't belong to the culture we come from. We don't belong to the country we come from. That's the truth. We live here. We obey the Lord, and we obey. Oh. See, that's an actual youth calling me. Can't be late to elevate. Don't be late to elevate and call the preacher. Okay. All right. All right. I think he might be at the door. Someone at the door, Kelvin? Nope, I don't know what's going on. Okay, continuing. We're God's own possession now. We're God, his own possession now. We belong to him. We don't belong to anything else. So what that means is, right, our identity is not rooted here. It's rooted in Christ. It's rooted in that cornerstone as living stones this brick isn't thinking about being a brick from across the street. This brick isn't thinking about being another brick. This brick is the same as the cornerstone. If it wasn't, the building would fall apart. So do you understand that as, as, as living stones, as a church, right? A lot of people think, oh, I'm the church. No, dude, you're not the church. We're the church. You, it, it, see, when you chose to believe in Christ, you didn't say, I'm a Rambo type of Christian. I don't mess with Christians. No, no. When you chose to believe in Christ, now you chose to be a living stone in God's building. So I'm helping you understand that. And then, again, it's not, you don't belong to your culture because your culture didn't bring you here. You don't belong to your tribe because your tribe didn't bring you here. 
You belong to God because God's mercy brought you to this building. And I'm not talking about this building. I'm talking about the building in which the living stones are being made. So you don't belong to those things because those things never showed you mercy. Your culture never showed you mercy. I know mine did. Mine didn't. I couldn't dance, couldn't throw a baseball, so I was automatically not Puerto Rican. On top of it, I couldn't speak Spanish, right, unfortunately. Even, even it doesn't matter. Your, your culture does not own you anymore. Your neighborhood does not own you anymore. You are God's special possession. If we go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. So you're God's holy possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You see, for you were once darkness, is Ephesians 5, 8, but now you are light in the Lord, so live as children of the light. Do you understand that in this holy nation, God has called you out of darkness. He's called you into this wonderful light. So now that you're in this wonderful light, live as children of the light. No, that's not a children of the corn reference that, that Paul is saying there. It's basically Jesus is the light, right? The father of lights, okay? We, we, we see that God is light. So what? We live as children of the light. That means we shine light on the darkest places. We don't participate in the deeds of darkness and sin and try to hide our sin. No, we live in the light because we know that God is light, and we want to live with God. We want to live with God. So if we can go back to the, to the main passage, please. Will you step into the light and be a part of this holy nation? Will you step out of the darkness that is this culture at times, that is your culture at times, that is your life at times, that is this world Will you step out of that sin and step out of that and be a part of what God is doing in this world and what he's about to do? He's setting things up. Will you be a part of it? Because if you want to be a part of it, step out of the darkness and live as children of the light. But what are children of the light supposed to live like in a dark world? You don't look the same. You don't look the same. You look different. You don't look like everybody else. Not in a prideful, self-righteous way. Not in an elitist type of way. But in a way where you're saying, I'm not going to conform. I'm going to live for Christ. Jesus didn't look like everybody else. And I'm not ta- again, I'm not talking about physical. I'm pretty sure he looked like almost everybody there. Pretty sure he had some cousins look like him. Right? That's just the truth. But when he spoke, he spoke differently. When he walked, he walked differently. You see, a lot of times we want the clout. Jesus didn't want the clout. He could have got the clout easily. Do you know how easy it would have been for Jesus to get the clout? You know how easy it would have been for Jesus to be popular? Do you know how easy it would have been? This dude was performing miracles. This dude was feeding 5,000 people. Do I remember when I first got a couple bucks in high school? All my friends wanted me to take them to McDonald's, and I, and I did. I, I'm not going to lie, they got me, and I bought them a Cherry Berry Chiller. It was back in the day. I don't know, y'all remember that? Anybody remember the Cherry? Man, those things used to, used to, used to kill me, but I, I couldn't stop. 
couldn't put him down. But you know how easy it would have been for Jesus not to be the light of the world because the darkness was calling to him? The Pharisees, you see the Pharisees, the part of this dark world, the corruption of that world, what were they doing? They were like, listen, man, just agree with us. Do you not know Jesus was going to parties and all that? And he was hanging out with sinners? And it wasn't just like, y'all like, oh, man, Jesus was cool, man. He was getting lifted or something. No, that's not how it was back then. Trust me. That's how it was. You were ruled as an outcast. You were probably able to get robbed, and no one would do anything about it because, what, you were a sinner. You had sicknesses. You had a, you're a prostitute. You have a couple husbands. You right here, man, you're a fisherman, you're a bum. You know, all, all those things against them. You, it would have been so easy, right, for Jesus not to reach out to those people, for Jesus not to be Jesus, right, thinking of a human standpoint and just be like, okay, I'm going to hang out with the Pharisees here. I'm going to start chilling with them. And, and let's flip that now because we're, we're, we're seeing in the world where it's like, okay, if you're not agreeing with me, you're against me. You're not, if you're not agreeing with me, you're against me. So when you go to school, it's real easy, like, hey, bro, you a virgin? No, I'm not a virgin, right? But secretly, you are. You don't want to look stupid. So what you say, you lie, because you want to be a part of the darkness. You want to chill with them. You want to rub elbows with them. Hey, man, you want to smoke? But you don't even smoke. You don't even like that. Or maybe you are like that, but you, only, you, weren't, uh, you weren't always like that. But it's easy. It's real easy to give in. You see, but now what the Bible is saying, we go to verse 11 and 12, what the Bible is saying is this, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, foreigners, they don't belong. That's just how it is. We welcome, the Bible says to welcome foreigners, to love them, to treat them as yourself. So I'm just clarifying that. But by definition, foreigners don't belong where they're staying. They don't have a home. They don't have a residency. They're not supposed to be there. Exiles are people that were kicked out. You get that, right? They're kind of like banned. Peter's greeting us. He was just greeting us as a royal priesthood, chosen people, holy nation. But now he's greeting us as foreigners and exiles. What is Peter up to here? He's trying to show us the dichotomy. He's trying to show us the split of who you are and who you're not. You see, you belong to this world now. You belong to this king. You belong to this God. But you're a foreigner here. You're an exile here. You don't belong here. You don't. This is not your home. This is not your home where you're staying at right now. You see, as Christians, we look at all we can get, earthly possession. Jesus said that the world is not measured by how much you can gain, pretty much, earthly wealth. It's not about earthly wealth. It's not how much you can gain. And you should see the situation when she said that. You'd be tripping. This world and everything that the desires of the world will pass away. The more you try to keep, trust me, the more you'll lose at the end. So what does that mean? How are we supposed to live here as foreigners and exiles getting ready to go home? Getting ready to go home. That's how we're supposed to live. Christians got all twisted up lately. They think that they can bring God's kingdom here to earth. I'm telling you, 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 you put the people in charge, you'll see what the people will do. You know, you do, do you not know that every dictator, uh, dictatorship that has taken place that has been uprooted has usually been replaced with another dictatorship? 
Do you not know that every corrupt government has been replaced by a perfect government? No. A loving government? No. Another corrupt government. Why? There's the bottom line, humans. You see, we were never meant to be the kings of ourselves. We were never meant to rule and reign over each other. We were meant to rule and reign over the earth. Everyone's like, man, where's God in all this, man? There's all these shootings and everything. But who's in charge? Who did God put in charge? Look to the left. Look to the right. Us. So while we're messing up, this is what God's doing. He's like, all right, y'all messing up, all the nations screwing up. And so I'll intervene here and there. But I want you to know while I'm intervening, I'm setting something else up. That's going to completely wipe everything away. And it's this holy nation. It's this holy nation. So as of right now, you are to live as foreigners and exiles to abstain. Lawrence, if I can have you up to the keys, please. To abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. You know that nations go to war, right? That's just how it is. But as a holy nation right now, as foreigners and exiles, who's going to war against us? Is it atheists? No, what the heck? No, we're trying to, they ain't going to war against us. Is it different religions? No. Is it different ideologies? Not really, not per se. It's, it's actually, what is waging a war against you are sinful desires. Waging war against you. It's what God called you out of that is waging war against you. That is what is going at you right now. So if you're looking for your enemy, don't look to your neighbor. Don't look to your, you know, this kid from, from seventh period or whatever. Don't look to your professor that, you know, even though it's e-learning, he's still, still being bogus, right? Don't look to him. It's, it's the desires that wage war against your soul, sinful desires. That's what it is. The pride, right? The envy, the jealousy, the lust, all these desires are waging war against you. They don't want to see this nation. They don't want to see this nation. So how are we ought to live? We live such good lives among the pagans. That means the unbelievers. That means, listen, we're called out of darkness. We're called out of sin. We're, we're foreigners and exiles among people who don't believe. But how do we live now? We live in such a good way that even though they may accuse us of doing wrong, they got nothing on us, and they see our good deeds, and they glorify God on the day he visits us because of our good deeds. Jesus said, let your light shine among others. So that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father. So understand, foreigners, exiles, we live not to, to gratify some deep need for people to be popular or, or reach this culture standard. Oh, we don't live like that. What we live for is for the glory of God in this world. If you guys could all stand up, if I can have the altar workers, please. So God is building this nation through Jesus, our cornerstone, our cornerstone. And this nation that he is building is holy, holy. It's set apart, it's sacred. It's something we've never seen before. And what we ought to do on this earth, right, as we belong to that nation, what are we to do on this earth is live, right, as foreigners and exiles, abstaining from sinful desires that 
wage war against you. That means stopping, stopping this, this addiction to sinful desires, stopping this uh, habit of sinful desires. Stop listening to it. It's waging war against your soul. And this time, just live good lives. Please, God, and glorify him in all that you do, right? And if you want that in a simpler way, it's just live as Jesus did. Live as Jesus did. I'm talking about the Beatitudes. When he said, blessed are those who are poor, for they will inherit the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who are peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted, and people say many mean things about them. Right? Blessed are those. Then live as you are already a part of this nation. Live as already you are a holy people, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, because you are. And when it comes to your relationship with the world, see yourself as a foreigner. See yourself as an exile. You guys can bow your heads and close your eyes. This is an altar call. So I want to call you guys up. If you know you're not a part of this nation, you know that you're not living for Jesus, you know that you're not saved, but you want to be. You want to be. You want to live for Jesus. You desire to live for him. But you can't yet trust him right now. There's something blocking you. There's a, there's a sin in your life. Listen, we want to pray for you male with male, female with female. Now, I also want to call up those who know they're living for Jesus, right? But they're having trouble living as a foreigner and as an exile in this world. You know, they constantly want to please people. They constantly want to look like the person that is famous or look like the people that are popular. Or maybe they're just ashamed of Jesus right now. If that's you, come up as well. Listen, Jesus does not want you to be ashamed of him. He's not ashamed of you. Don't be ashamed of Jesus. So as Lawrence prays, or as Lawrence leads worship, I want you guys to take a moment to pray. Reflect on that. Are you a part of this nation? Are you part of the holy nation of God? You look like the cornerstone. 